This episode of the YVR Screen Scene Podcast is sponsored by the Union of British Columbia Performers. UBCP is an autonomous branch of the Alliance of Canadian Cinema, Television, and Radio Artists. For more about UBCP Actra, visit ubcp.com. That's ubcp.com. This episode was sponsored in part by listeners like you. Join our Patreon community and receive early access to episodes, bonus content, stickers, buttons, and more. Visit www.patreon.com slash podcast. Welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast where we pull back the curtain and expose the beating heart to the Vancouver film and television industry. Namely, the actors and filmmakers and other talented artists who do the work. Capital T, capital W. I'm Sabrina Furminger, and today I am so excited and delighted to welcome the inimitable Julia Sarah Stone to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast. I've been something of a Julia Sarah Stone stan for many years now, which seems incredible when you consider that she's only been working professionally as an actor for just over a decade. Of course, I was riveted and haunted by her performance as Lyric on AMC's The Killing, but I seem to be riveted and haunted by numerous other Julia Sarah Stone roles too like Eva in Jeff Redknapp's stellar Disappearing Man film, The Unseen, as Junior in The Quieting, Ali Liebert's short film that was based on her own coming of age as a queer woman, and in films like Honeybee, Allure, Weirdos, and Everything Will Be Fine. Julia somehow manages to bring a wild vulnerability to her roles. You can feel the pain and sadness and anger and fleeting joy of her characters as if they are sitting right next to you. Julia's latest film is Come True, and like other Julia Sarah Stone projects, I'm riveted and haunted. Julia plays Sarah Dunn, a teenage runaway who takes part in a sleep study that turns into a nightmarish descent into the depths of her mind. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know where that voice came from. Come True is the latest from Canadian genre favorite Anthony Scott Burns, who also directed Our House. Julia's film is now available on iTunes, Bell, Rogers, Shaw, Telus, Vimeo On Demand, and the Cineplex Store. And today I want to talk to Julia all about it. How she chooses the roles she takes on, where she derives her inspiration, and what she considers to be a Julia Sarah Stone role. Julia Sarah Stone, hi. Welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm so happy to, to be here. Finally, we've said your name <laughs> so many times in, in Ali Liebert's episode, in Sarah Canning's episode, and in the episode uh, that uh, Rachel Talalay and her cool gang was on talking about this oh. film that I think you seem to have made like way back at the beginning of, of your career. So it's nice yeah, to- Yeah, that was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot of the questions that, that I was asking them that day, they were like, well, I don't really remember because it was years yeah. and years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yep, <laughs> and yet, and yet, still is re relevant. I don't know why I'm tripping over my words today. I think it's because, and I will disclose this to my listeners. I had my computer and speaker and everything, mic, everything all set up 
ready to go. And um, the joys of working from home is that both of my cats were all over my stuff and um, they chewed the cord to my computer and the cord to the microphone. So I, I think I still feel a little bit flustered after all of that, but happy that I'm so happy that you're here. Um, what is your response to my thesis statement? Do you have any immediate feedback or you just disagree with it completely? Like <laughs> think of how I, how I described you. Um, wow. I, I, uh, I'm flattered. First of all, um, I, uh, yeah, to, to, uh, to hear that, that kind of response to, to my work and, and, um, that the characters that I've played have, have, uh, have impacted, um, have impacted someone so much. Um, that's, that's really nice to hear. Uh, cause, cause they impacted me. Um, and I, the, the best that I can hope is that, uh, is that, what I feel for my characters kind of um, translates through the screen and, and that people feel the same kind of um, attachment and, and impact. Oh yeah, no, you really make us feel all of your pain and your devastation and everything. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> you know, so much like your co-star in The Unseen, Camille Sullivan, you don't seem to shy away from those heavy roles, from characters who are in crisis, who are vulnerable or marginalized, mm. who wear their broken hearts on their sleeves. Mm -hmm. So I got to ask you, it's a question I've also asked Camille, like, where is the joy for you as an artist in playing these kinds of roles? Oh, that's, that's a good question, actually. <laughs> Try to have at least one. So there's the one. The yeah. rest is not as good. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's interesting actually, cause I, um, when I talk about acting, I, I, I always, I always, I said, I talk about how much I love it. And, uh, and I, I've also, I've asked myself that question actually, like it, it's not, it's not always quote unquote fun. It's not always a happy time. Um, but for me, uh, at the end of the day, it's, it's always fulfilling, mm. um, no matter no matter what kind of emotions or or uh, imaginary circumstances my character is experiencing, at the end of the day, I, I always um, it, when I'm on set I feel very um, at home. I feel I feel like this sense of, of purpose and fulfillment. Um, mm. And uh, it's I, I think a lot of it comes from a feeling of connection and collaboration um, with. First of all, with my scene partners, uh, especially with these very vulnerable characters, mm. um, a lot of the, a lot of that kind of emotional intensity, um, for me at least, comes from being in relationship with either with a scene partner or with something else, or um, my circumstances or the environment or, or whatever it is, um, and also with with the crew. There's especially with these indie films that I, that I do a lot. It's, uh, there's this very magical kind of special feeling of family that happens. Um, cause everyone, everyone has the same kind of end goal and everyone's there because they're invested in the story. Um, and that I think is, is a lot of, of why it's fulfilling, fulfilling to me. Um, even when it's not, even when it's not, you know, joy and laughter 24-7. What, Honey yeah. Bee wasn't joy and laughter 24-7? <laughs> I mean, there was a lot of, there was a lot of, uh, you know, laughter and jokes to, to get through the cold nights, but uh, <laughs> yeah. That is, that is good. Um, so what is, what is a Julia Sarah Stone role? You know, like what does a role need to possess in order to get you really excited? 
Um, I think uh, actually Come True is a great example of this. Um, when I when I read the script, what what drew me into the character was her sense of purpose um, and a sense of always being in in motion, uh, actively pursuing something. Or, or uh, she's she's very much making the story happen, um, even though she's in an, another sense kind of a victim of the circumstances. Um, She's not just that. Yeah. And that's really what I'm drawn to in characters is that they, they are, they're active and they're, um, they're moving towards something. Um, and there, that there's, there, there's a, an arc there that, uh, that point A is different from point B. Um, and I, I also, at this point, especially in my career, I'm, I'm looking, uh, when I read a script, I'm, I'm always kind of looking for what it's saying on a larger scale, um, not just what's directly on the page, but kind of what it means in general. Um, That's your purpose that you've been talking about, right? Yeah. Purpose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, and what I, I, I ask, I ask myself what questions a script is, is provoking from its audience. Um, I think that's very important. Um, and come true is uh, asks a lot of questions. Um, and a lot, a lot of them don't get answered, No, <laughs> which they is, don't. Uh, which is, which is, uh, can be, can be exciting. And also, uh, for some people infuriating, <laughs> but, um, that's, that's kind of a, that's kind of the, the response that I love actually, um, that it's not, that, that it, it does have a little bit of that kind of divisiveness where people, some, some people don't like, uh, some people don't like having a lot of questions at the end. Um, and some people do. And yeah. it's, uh, I, I, I like it when, I like it when, um, when films provoke questions like that. Oh, I do too. And actually watching Come True on VOD, it, it kind of made me, yearn for the experience of seeing a film in a theater because all mm. I wanted to do after it was to go and talk in like the lobby bar, you know, yeah. about like, what, what do you think happened at the end? What was real and what was not? And we're going to yeah. try to stay away from spoilers, you know, and you know, this is the kind of film, like I'm so grateful that we get to see it now, you know, during this pandemic, but it does also make me yearn to, to talk about it with other people. So, yeah. so if you're watching this and, or if you're listening to this and you watch the film, please tweet your thoughts at me at Sabrina. Arf. <laughs> I would love to, I would love to read them and hear them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I miss that too. Um, I would, uh, I, I live very close to, uh, the park theater on, on Canby and, and, mm. um, I, I would, um, before COVID I, I would, uh, I would go to movies there with my mom all the time and, and we would, like on on our walk back we just discuss and and ask questions and it, you know it, it's that's the best when when you can when you can uh, have the, those kinds of conversations with somebody after a movie but yeah there's, we'll there's a lot of things in a different way we'll do it yeah. we have to do it in a different way yeah um, i you know you have played and and sarah dan and come true is is an, you know another example about talk of you know she's a teenage runaway um you know, there's obviously a lot of stuff in, in her past that's alluded to, but we don't see explicitly. But, you know, she's the very latest in, you know, a, a line of, you know, marginalized women that you have played. What mm. kind of responsibility do you feel to these characters? You know, like, is there, is there because that they are, they are mar marginalized, you know, do you feel an added pressure to 
infuse them, you know, with a certain kind of humanity? Or I'm just, I'm curious about that kind of responsibility you feel towards these. I mean, they're, they're, I described a lot of the roles you play as wildly vulnerable because there's also a strength to them, you know, as well. Mm. Like I think about the quieting and your, and, and what you're, you express in that. I'm not going to say the spoilers for that as well, you know, but these are, these are, you know, you, you put in some very dynamic performances to really, you know, flesh out these women. So hmm. there's a question there somewhere. Please find it and answer it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, um, I think, I think with any, with any role uh, or any character that I approach, um, even in class, like I, I will always, uh, I always strive, I always strive to tell the truth, um, to tell that character's truth. Hmm. And uh, I think with, with the marginalized characters, there's, it's the same thing. Um, I, I think especially with with Honeybee, um, the more that I the more that I went into um, her story, I and the more that I the more that I kind of um, let her uh, into my body and and uh, um, kind of put myself into her world, um, the more I the more I, I felt for real people in her situation. Right. Um, I think uh, I think it, it it always starts and ends with empathy for me, and uh, no matter what the character that I play, um, it's just in certain in certain instances that empathy is is a little bit more intense and, and more more painful, I guess. Um, but I, I think it's uh, I think the in terms of the process and the the sense of responsibility, it's it's a it's a pretty equal, um, I guess playing field uh, across the board for, for my characters, yeah. Hmm. Why do you think it's important to see the, those kinds of character journeys on screen? You know, like, do, do you see a role in what we see on screen? And I don't know, like fostering empathy in this world that is sorely lacking in empathy <laughs> most days? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, I, I think... Uh, it's it's that's one of the things that I've found really valuable just in my personal life from being an actor is that that uh, the the sense of empathy and and the the fact that actors just automatically need to value empathy and and use it as a tool. Mm. Um, I've I've definitely I've found that uh, an asset in in my personal life as well. Um, and yeah, I, I think I think. Uh, I mean, I think it's always, I think it's always helpful to, to see stories about people who are not you. Um, and I, I, that's one of the reasons that I feel very fulfilled doing this, doing acting. And, and, uh, I, yeah, I, to, to know that, to know that I'm, I'm telling a story that might open somebody's mind is, um, that's, that it means, it means the world to me. Um, and I, I, uh, I I definitely look for that in, in scripts as well. Yeah. So I don't want our listeners to get the idea that that Come True is this heavy, heavy emotional film, even though it has some heavy emotional notes in there and really rich characters. It's also super fun. Like it, it is honestly, <laughs> it is perfect for this historic moment in the sense that, you know, it's it's 
escapism, you know, as well. Mm. Um, and I know that you have, you know, and this is a genre film and you've done a lot of genre films. Like, do you find that, that when you're doing a, a quote unquote genre film, like a horror film or a thriller, that you are, are working with a different like set of actors tools that you have to, or is it all the same in every kind of work that you're doing? Oh, that's interesting. Um, I, I don't think so, honestly. Um, I, I don't think my, I don't think my approach or, or my process, um, is any different depending on the genre. Um, if anything, it's, it's just a little bit different when I get to set, um, depending on, depending on what the focus is, um, if they're, if they're looking for a specific tone or, um, but yeah, I think, I think what I'm always, what I always have in mind is just telling the story, um, as truthfully as, as possible. Um, that's big and for that, you, eh? Yeah. Truth. Yeah, yeah, Truth is yeah. huge for you. Truth and purpose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So let's, let's talk a bit about the experience of filming Come True, um, which uh, I, I really don't want to give too much away, but let's just say, so it involves, you know, a, a, a young woman who is a runaway and um, she is literally looking for a place to sleep and she finds a place to sleep as part of a sleep study. And then all this really creepy stuff starts to happen. And mm -hmm. uh, I, that's um, as much as I want to say, unless you think that there's more, but it's, it's, it's the kind of film um, it's got, it's beautiful visuals, beautiful writing, great performances. Uh, it, I felt haunted. It made me scared to fall asleep, but I was also super grateful that I experienced it. So I want to mm -hmm. talk though about the experience of filming yeah. uh, this. What are some of the, what are some of the memorable moments that you have from filming come true? Oh, wow. Um, I think well, honestly the, the entire shoot was very memorable <laughs> just because yeah. it was, uh, it was such a different filming experience than I've ever had before. Oh, how um, so? Well, we, it was a, it was a very small indie film. Um, and Anthony, uh, who wrote and directed it and shot it and did basically everything, um, he... His name does come up in the credits a lot. Like, he did editing yes. and he did, like, visual <laughs> effects and he did, like, just... I was he, like, this is an indie film. <laughs> yes. He, he pretty much almost single-handedly made uh, an entire feature film that is now absolutely blowing up. It, it's, um, it's incredible. I'm, <laughs> I could not be more thrilled for him. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's, he definitely, he had a, a, a very strong vision for it, and um, he was very intentional and specific in the way that he executed it, mm -hmm. um, and part of that was we had a very small crew, um, so it was less than 10 people. I think it was, uh, there were between five to eight people on set at, at any given time, um, Whoa, that was yeah. really creepier. You know? <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely in, for certain scenes. Um, I won't get into too much detail just because spoilers, but um, there's a sequence at the end in a forest um, that is very creepy. Um, it's close to, it's close to the, the big like climax of the film. Um, and we were shooting that at, in the middle of the night in Edmonton. It was like minus 40 degrees. And what? 
we there's like there's like five of us in the middle of the, these woods and we could hear like coyotes or wolves oh my distance, god just howling it's like we're we're not enough people to uh <laughs> to uh fend these things off right now oh. so that was that was definitely an experience um but i think i think actually on that same night we also saw the northern lights so Aww. there were well, there were lots happy of ending. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. happy ending. Great film. i don't think i remember you guys dressed warmly enough though your characters were not wearing good oh, my, and stuff. Yeah, my wardrobe for that sequence was a hospital gown. So that was um that was a quite that was a <laughs> you know wow. it's labor of love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Clearly, clearly. Working on a film like Come True and and other other f- films in the horror psychological thriller genre, has it changed the way that you watch those kind of films at all? Like and are you able to be scared? when you watch those kind of films? Cause you know what goes on behind the movie making curtain. Yeah, um, actually I'm, I'm a huge scaredy cat. I don't, I don't watch, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't watch a lot of horror. Um, That's so funny. I, <laughs> I mean, it's funny cause you are, I associate you, especially after this film with some of the scariest things that I've seen on film this year. <laughs> you and Camille Sullivan, you know, with Hunter mm-hmm. Hunter was so terrifying. Um, right, yeah. And you're a big scaredy cat. Well, I, I am. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's, I think part of it has to do with uh, the, the empathy thing I was talking about is I, I am, I get very invested um, and it's difficult for me to separate myself from what's going on on screen. Yeah. And um, it's just, it's just altogether an overwhelming experience for me sometimes. So uh, I, I don't tend to watch a lot of horror. Um, I, I will if if it's something that is very highly recommended or, or somebody that I um, whose opinion I, I hold very highly um, tells me that it, it's something that's well worth watching. Like the haunting um, of Bly Manor. Did you watch that? I have not, but that is on my list. Yeah, and it, I as somebody who's a scaredy cat, and there are some jump scares in there, but the story mm. is so sumptuous, and it's a queer story, and it's I just oh, okay. I can't recommend it enough and also hill house which is kind of like this is us but a horror film Hmm. um haunting of hill house the same the same people but yeah Hmm. i I mean i watch this through my fingers but it can't just be all like (laughs) you know being murdered you know i can't just you know the gore stuff there has to be some kind of emotional journey i want to feel things that's why i watch that's why i watch anything right i don't know if you're you're the same but it's to have that escapism or to have a catharsis your films often give me some kind of catharsis like a lot of (laughs) tragedies do um Mm. this seems like a really good point though to pivot even though everybody hates that word but (laughs) switch gears segue i want to talk about ali liebert's short film the quiet fighting which you act opposite the glorious sarah canning and both ali and sarah are friends of the podcast Mm -hmm. um the film is still riding the festival circuit since premiering at last year's Crazy Eight. So we won't get into spoilers, but I do want to talk a bit about this film, which like everything you do haunts me. You haunt me. <laughs> so tell me why you wanted to do this particular Crazy Eights film. Um, well, so many reasons. <laughs> um, I, I don't think I don't think there's uh, I don't think there's anything about this film that is not a reason that I wanted to do it. Um, <laughs> I, when I first got the email from Ali, I, I saw, first of all, who was involved and I, it was an immediate yes. <laughs> um, it's, I mean, I think it's anybody's dream to work with Ali and, and Sarah um, and the same project. It was, uh, that was definitely um, 
that was definitely a major factor for me. Yeah. Uh, and Except then you fight this- with Sarah. That's some really yes. intense action sequences <laughs> there. Yeah. <laughs> Combat yeah. with Sarah Canning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, that was fun. Um, yeah. And then, and then reading the script, it was, um, it was just so, it was so vivid. Um, and so it was, it was very clear to me that, that this was a story that was very dear to Ali's heart and, um, and that it was written from that place um, and a place of going back again to that, that truth factor, um, a, a place of, of some real uh, authenticity and, and vulnerability. Um, yeah. And I, I admire that a lot about her, um, not just as a writer, but as an actor. Um, and I, uh, yeah, I, um, I, I thought it was, I, I was very, I was very excited to, to work creatively with, with these two. Yeah. So in this film, uh, and I'll explain this, especially to our international listeners, but it was created as part of a, a filmmaking competition in Vancouver called Crazy Eights. And li- literally the 200 different filmmaking teams apply and they only choose six. And these teams are given all sorts of in-kind services and help and resources, but it, all the films need to be created in eight days. So there are three days for filming and then five days for post. So, which, which is why it, it has the crazy moniker because it's crazy. It's crazy to make a film <laughs> that way. So, so I want to know though, how did the experience of having to film everything in three days impact your performance? Did it change anything for you? Oh, um, I, I'm not sure. I, I think, um, I think it definitely added that uh, I, I, I really can only explain it uh, concisely as like a sort of a an, sort of an indie energy where it's it's uh, everybody's kind of going through it. Yeah. <laughs> if, and um, it, there's a there's a very uh, there's a very strong I think uh, bonding factor that that that, that creates among mm. the cast and crew and. Um, where it, it's, it's, it's a, it's a great equalizer. Um, mm. nobody's, nobody's having a glamorous experience. Um, everybody is working very hard to make yeah. this thing happen. Um, because everybody is facing challenges. Um, and it, there's a, there's a sense of, um, of a responsibility, uh, not just to, to perform, um, whatever your job is, but, but also to make, to make the teams, uh, to make the team's job as easy as possible. Um, so there's a sense of, of supporting each other and lifting each other up. Um, and Allie definitely as a, as a leader, as a director, she, she created this, uh, environment where that was very much fostered. Um, and it was, it was, it was wonderful. Um, I, I, I loved the experience. It was a lot of fun. What was your reaction to the film when you finally saw it? I loved it. I I, I thought it was I thought it was incredible. Um, I think I think we created something very very special. Um, and definitely the the love that Ali put into the script um, and and that that kind of authenticity and and truth um, really really came across um, in the final product. Yeah, she makes me, I'm so excited to see where she takes us next. I think mm-hmm. her, her voice as a, is, as a storyteller is, is so exciting 
And um, we need her. I can't wait to see. I can't (laughs) wait to see where she she takes us. Hey, you want to play some favorite things? Sure. Do you know what what favorite things is? I don't even know. (laughs) So favorite things is a segment that we developed for the podcast. Um, I I developed it with my then nine-year-old daughter. She's 10 now. And basically, I'm going to ask you what some of your favorite things are, a thing, and then you have to tell me, but you have to answer from your gut. Okay. Really, really. I mean, so basically, <laughs> it's favorite things. <laughs> All right, cool. Okay, you ready, Julia? Okay. I'm so ready. Favorite karaoke song? Uh, a song that I am loving to sing right now, um, just because it's like smack dab within my vocal range, mm-hmm. is um, there's a, the song from, from Moana, uh, You're Welcome. Um, but <laughs> not that. but not the one, not the version from the actual movie, uh, the Jordan Fisher and Lin-Manuel Miranda, their version of it. Mm. Um, they, they have a recording of it and it's, it's beautiful. Um, both of their voices are so good. Um, are you a Hamilton like a, stan? I, I, I do like, I do like, I, I, um, I've, I haven't watched it, but I have listened through, uh, this, the soundtrack quite a few times. Um, yeah. That's a frequent, yeah. unfrequent replay in this house. Favorite Vancouver shot series, past or present, that you haven't appeared in? Oh. These are tough questions, eh? I they love are. Them. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm going to say... I, I feel like I feel like such a cliche, and, and uh, probably a lot of Vancouver people listening are going to roll their eyes at me. But um, I, Supernatural was always very fun for me to watch, just because I would watch it and I would see so many of my friends in it. <laughs> How were you not on Supernatural? That show was on for thirty-five years. <laughs> I know it's always weird when I hear somebody was never on Supernatural. You were perfect for Supernatural. That's no, bullshit. I don't know. They got to bring it back. They gotta I, I did. So I did go out for it a few times. Um, I I found it. I found it. Uh, I don't know. At, at at this point, at this point, it's kind of. Um, I kind of. I kind of laugh at it a little bit because uh, it's. It, it almost feels like a like a rite of passage as a Vancouver actor to to, to appear <laughs> on Supernatural. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I'm like, well, I guess I guess I didn't guess I didn't I didn't uh, didn't achieve that. So. <laughs> I will say though. So I've heard Supernatural as an answer to that question before, but mm-hmm. I've had quite a few people say The Killing. So. Oh. You wow. got to do, you got to do that one. And I got else, I got one, yeah. out of two. <laughs> got one out of two. Okay. <laughs> Favorite junk food. Ooh, popcorn. Oh, you're making me think of movie theaters again. And the park <laughs> had know. such great popcorn. Such good popcorn. Oh, it's the, they are on Uber Eats. So um, order popcorn from the park. Help are it survive. Serious? That little the little theater on Canby Street. Yep. Help it. Help it. <laughs> order food. Amazing. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, then that's a great combo. People can, can watch, watch come true and order some popcorn exactly. from wherever you're in the world from your local theater, because that's such a great way, a great way to keep mm-hmm. going. Okay. I got, I, I know that these are, um, these are stressing you out these questions for a different question. So I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you one more. Okay. And for my daughter, this is the most important question. I just want you to know, like, this is, this is the <sighs> No pressure though, right? No, no, none at all. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite animal. Oh man. It's a big um, question, right? It is a big question. Yeah. <laughs> I right now owls. 
had owls before. Owls, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you oh. seen those? Those um, they're like, uh, I guess YouTube videos or viral videos of like owls sleeping, and they just like they f- sleep on their face sometimes, and they just look <laughs> like they just like flopped right over. It's yeah, brilliant. they're. There's there's so many different kinds of owls. Actually, I'm gonna nerd out for a second. Okay, all right. <laughs> there's this there's this one species of owl that only lives on one particular volcano, <laughs> and it that just blows my mind. <laughs> it's like an it's like an active volcano, and there's this one, there's a species of owl that only exists on that one mountain. Um, wow. It, owls are owls are are very very cool there's there's so many there's so many things about owls (laughs) i wonder what it is do we know what it is about the connection between like why that specific owl species is attracted to that specific volcano i don't know maybe it's just maybe i don't know i'm gonna be doing some uh i'm gonna look to google for some answers on that because apparently (laughs) well that's really fascinating that is really fascinating i need to know Oh, you make you make me lose sleep, Julia Sarstone. First with the film, but now with owl studies. Okay, I got one more question. This isn't a favorite, favorite question, a favorite things question. Um, okay. But it's a it's a it's an imagination question, really. Mm-hmm. You could go back in time to the very beginning of your career and give yourself some advice. What would you say, or would you not say anything at all? Just let things fall where they may. Huh. Wow, that's a uh, that's a big question. I would say um, I, I don't know that I would, I don't know that I would say anything, actually. Um, I think, uh, I think, it, it, I think maybe the only thing I would say is, um, not to question so much, um, and to just have have trust that you're on the right track, mm. um, because there there have been a lot of times where I I got really close to to something and it it just kind of slipped out of my grasp. Mm. Um, I don't like I don't like to use the phrase uh, losing roles because I I don't it was never it if I didn't get it it was never mine to begin with, um, mm. but. There have been some some close calls that were pretty heartbreaking um, to me, and that weren't necessarily um, acting related. Uh, it was just kind of how the business works. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, uh, but when I when I look back, when I look back, it's kind of always been. Um, I don't want to say for the best, but it, it's, it kind of turned out okay <laughs> mm. that, that I wasn't involved in those projects. Um, and I think uh, it, it's also, I'm, this, it, it's not just relevant to like 
my my career in the past, I think also it's it's a good thing to remind myself of going forward. And I think I think every actor kind of um, tends to forget um, because because we get so attached, we get so attached to to things, and and especially when we hear things like you're you know we get we get availability checks and we you know you're you're on hold or you're pinned or, or and it i've i've gotten very i've gotten very very good at um forgetting about auditions after they happen but when it does get to that stage um and i've i've had i've had a, a this character for a little bit and i've i've had a couple of rounds of auditions with this character there there's does start to get that attachment to the character um yeah, so I would say, I would say that just like have have trust in in what you're doing and um, focus on focus on the the craft or or the the um, what you love about it basically uh, the storytelling and forget about all the industry stuff that that you don't have control over because yeah. I think a lot of actors burn out or. Um, get off track or, or, or distracted from, from the, from what they love about it. Um, when, when they get caught up or when we get caught up in, in the business and the industry. Um, and I see that a lot, especially with Vancouver actors. And, uh, I, I, I wish that we could talk about, um, this, the, the storytelling and the, the, the stuff that we love about it more because, um, I think a lot of conversations between actors are about the industry. Um, and it's a little bit sad to me, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, I, um, I, I, and I, I, I would, I guess, give that advice to all actors starting out. Cause I think it's, it's been something that I've definitely realized along the way. Yeah. Thank you for your very thoughtful response to that question. And it really seems to, to tie everything that we've been talking about today together, you know, the, the truth and the trust and the purpose, you know, those are the three, you are, you are, you perform under three names and that you are about those three things, at least in my view. <laughs> Julia Sarah Stone, trust, truth, purpose. Nice. I like that. Yeah, it's got a ring to it. It does. <laughs> uh, it has been an absolute pleasure to host you here today. Uh, Julia Sarah Stone, where can our fans find you? follow you, celebrate you on the social media when you're not ordering your popcorn from the park theater online. Oh gosh, social media. Um, I know, right? I apologize in advance if you're going to follow me on social media. I, I, I'm not good at that yet. I'm working on it. Uh, it's, a, it's a work in progress. Um, if, uh, my Instagram is real, R-E-E-L dot J-S-S. Um, if you just search my full name, it'll come up. Um, and my very, very, very neglected Twitter is uh, just my full name, Julia Sarah Stone. Um, I have the blue check on Twitter, so it's easy to find me. Okay. That's great. And I would like to also tell our fans that Come True is now available on an array of VOD platforms, including iTunes, Bell, Rogers, Shaw, Telus, Vimeo on Demand, and the Cineplex Store. And um, I highly recommend it. I've watched it twice. So there you go. All right. <laughs> Thank you. And, uh, thank you so much. And thank you to our listeners. Please like and subscribe. Leave us a review if you're so in inclined. That helps us find even more listeners. You can find us at www.yvrscreenscene.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at YVR Screen Scene. 
The Why We Are Screen Scene podcast is hosted and executive produced by me, Sabrina Ronnie Furminger, and it's edited by Simon Furminger. Special thanks to Mariana Furminger for putting our Patreon ad, to Paul Furminger for technical support, and to Dane, not Furminger, Devolay for the original music. Why We Are Screen Scene is a division of Fish Flight Entertainment. Join us next time for another deep dive into Vancouver's dynamic film and television scene. And cut! In the current COVID-19 environment, UBCP ACTRA, the BC Performers Union in the film and TV industry, has been working closely with industry partners, formulating sensible and practical guidelines for all cast and crew to ensure working on set is manageable and safe for everyone. UBCP ACTRA has created a dedicated COVID-19 webpage at www.ubcpactra.ca where members can find mental health resources, financial assistance information, and back-to-work strategies and updates about the current status of film production in the province of British Columbia. UBCP ACTRA knows this has been an extraordinarily difficult time for many people, and we look forward to better days ahead. We will get through this together. Please visit www.ubcpactra.ca. A message from UBCP ACTRA.